Hi everyone. Uh, welcome to the very first episode of Story Reckless. And thank you for, to those of you who have decided to watch us this evening. Uh, tonight we are going to be playing uh, D&D. And for those of you that don't know what D&D is, uh, it is a tabletop role-playing game. And it's pretty, uh, the pre premise is pretty simple if you boil it down. The characters are going to tell me what they want to do, and then I will tell them how to do such things, and they will roll a set of dice to determine whether they succeed or they fail. And this will move the story along. It will move it along in very interesting ways because it is not guaranteed that they will succeed. So, uh, with that, my name is uh, Nathan, and I will be your DM this evening. I think I'm hearing something, which is really odd. Yeah. Where's that coming from? That might have been my Spotify playlist. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think we're allowed to use that song. Yeah, it's like, cool. what? what is that sound? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so hi, yes, uh, as I was saying, I'm Nathan, I'm going to be the DM tonight, uh, the Dungeon Master, and, uh, I will be playing all the characters, I will be the narrator, uh, the camera, um, describing the story as it goes. Uh, now I'd like to introduce all of you to, uh, our two wonderful players here. So we'll start with Claire. Yeah, uh, I'm Claire, my pronouns are they, them, uh, I'm super excited to be streaming for the first time ever. Uh, I've been playing D&D for about three years, almost, at this point. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and Olive. Yeah, and so my name's Olive. Um, I use they and she pronouns. Um, and I really like D&D. It's kept me afloat this last year. Um, with playing with these two wonderful humans. So I'm excited to play tonight. Indeed. Uh, Deity has been wonderful throughout this pandemic. Uh, yeah, it's really been great. So without further ado, I think we can jump into our story and uh, yeah, see what happens. Um... I am sorry, I was looking at something. There we go. Alright, so we start our story on the sword coast of Faerun. We see a packed graveled path winding through dense chaparral leading out towards the coast, where the chaparral breaks apart into thick bunch grasses and hardy succulents. Down below, we can see two figures moving along this path, one walking along and another on horseback. As we, as we move closer, we are able to see the features of these two figures. Why don't we start with uh, Kadam, if you don't mind describing yourself, the individual yeah. walking next to the horse. Yeah, uh, you see a, a person of human and elvish and maybe some dwarven heritage uh walking along uh dark brown skin black hair and dreads uh swathed in fabrics uh they are wearing multiple layers uh, a large cloak kind of pulled rather till we tightly around them a big scarf even though the day's not terribly cold 
uh, in grays and kind of soft purples, a uh, pair of sturdy gray boots on their feet. Um, at their belt, they have a, uh, a small mirror that's kind of been clipped onto uh, the belt itself. And they carry a spear in one hand, it would be this hand, and a shield is slung over their back on top of their pack. And they are, yeah, about a- about average height, a little over five and a half feet. Yeah, and uh, as Kadam is walking there next to this uh, relatively small horse, it looks to be about the size of a pony, um, we see the details of the figure on the horse. Uh, Lovelace, would you like to describe yourself? Yeah, so Lovelace um, is athletically built. Uh, she has a number of kind of like weapons strewn about her person. Um, she has two hand axes at her hips um, and a couple, a variety of like spears and pikes and stuff um, kind of uh, along her flanks. Uh, she's wearing a red vest over kind of this like black leather jerkin um, or kind of like tunic and a red bandana around her neck and uh, several kind of like brass jade piercings on her ears. Um, If you look closely, she has kind of like a scar running down one side of her face, kind of like uh, lightning jagged. Um, And she's missing the middle finger on her right hand. Uh, Did did we miss the other part about Lovelace, the really obvious part about Lovelace? Also, (laughs) she's not on horseback. Uh, Lovelace is in fact a centaur. Um, and so she's trotting along, um, mostly keeping her thoughts to herself, but she's appreciating this nice spring day. Yes, and it is uh, a nice spring day. It is approaching the, um, oh boy, I don't have my calendar in front of me. Anyways, it's approaching the, uh, the, uh, Approaching Myrtle. Myrtle, yes, which would essentially be May for those, uh, those of you who uh, want a analog. Um, so it's a lovely spring day. There are clouds overhead and you have been plagued with periodic showers throughout your seven days travel from Baldur's Gate down here to, uh, to where you're headed to. And speaking of which, these two individuals, their community in Baldur's Gate, where they are from, over the past four months, a series of very strange deaths have been occurring. Bodies have been found in locked rooms that seem to have drowned, their lungs filled with water and streaks of blood leading in and out of the rooms, going under the door frames and under window sills. But there is no sign of forced entry. These deaths becoming progressively worse eventually led the community leaders to send Lovelace and Kadam towards the great, can- uh, great library citadel of Candlekeep to seek aid from a sage who is an expert in diseases and curses, as this seems to be no natural disease, but perhaps some type of curse that is plaguing their community. As you're trotting along, uh, Lovelace and Kadam, do you want to say anything to each other as you're starting to uh, make your way towards the coastline along the Lion's Way and the Dense chaparral around you is starting to get lesser, less and less as you're seeing these bunch grasses and beautiful wildflowers of 
oranges and yellows and deep purples surrounding you in these fields uh, covered in sand and bunch grasses. Um, do you want to speak to each other for a moment? Uh, could you hold on one second, Lovelace? Um, I'm going to make my way over to just off the road and pick a few of the flowers. Yeah. Uh, I'll, hmm. I'll get some oranges and purples together for Lovelace and uh, stick to the purple for myself. Uh, yeah. And come back over. Roll for initiative. Yeah. The flowers are not just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Uh, easy enough, you pick the flowers. Oh, how sweet. Yeah. Uh, Lovelace will take a flower and um, stick it. And she has a really kind of elaborately braided hair um, that goes down to about the middle of her back. And she'll kind of weave in the flowers um, right above her temples. Yeah. So Very you're taking nice. this, this moment to weave the flowers in. Uh, Kadam, you have your clump of there um, these purple flowers that extend outwards and have these little pods that kind of run up uh, like lupins. Oh, yeah. yeah. Excellent. Uh, I'm just gonna stick those behind my ear okay. and carry onward. Right. I didn't realize how late in the season it's gotten. Oh. I love it when these bloom. Mm-hmm. And have you been out here much? Not here, um, but when our troop came from further north, um, we saw flowers like these up there. I see. I don't actually know the names of these flowers, any of them. I haven't. We called them lupins. Lupins, that's nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and Kadam, this is probably the furthest you've ever been from Baldur's Gate. Oh, absolutely. I don't imagine I've been more than a day's journey on foot before. And uh, as you and uh, Lovelace are enjoying these flowers, you find yourself going up the gravel path just a touch, uh, up to a rise on this path. And as you crest over this small hill, you can see far in the distance a looming structure which rises up out of the rocky coastline. There is a high wall that encircles a jumbled mass of towers, giving the appearance of a cake decorated with an overabundance of candles. There is a heavy mist that hangs in the air around this looming structure, and you keep getting whiffs of salt as the breeze blows in from the west towards you. It is about six in the afternoon at this point in the evening, Um, and the sun is quite low in the sky, so there's a beautiful golden haze over this environment as you are moving towards this structure. So, if neither of you have anything to say, and you continue walking down the road... That's something to write home about, and I gesture toward the sunset. Continuing to walk. And the sunset is uh, beginning to be quite beautiful with all these patchy rain clouds overhead. You're getting hints of that pink and red starting to form on the horizon. It takes you about... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, just better hurry before nightfall. And I think Lovelace picks up the pace a little bit. Yeah. Well, when she trots, I jog, so here we go. (laughs) Yes, 
Yes, Lovelace uh, jogging is, is significantly faster than Kadam. <laughs> so it is this... Um, as Kadam is attempting to keep up with the pace of Lovelace. We watch as these two figures wind their way along this graveled path through the wildflowers and the bunch grasses as the grasses start to give away more and more to sand dunes surrounding this area. And as you approach this structure, uh, after about an hour's time, you start to see more and more details. Up ahead, you see the massive wall that encircles it and the singular gate that leads into the structure. The wall itself appears to be about the height of three people stacked on top of each other, so close to 15, 20 feet. And the gate itself is this uh, almost ominous black uh, alloy, very deep black alloy. And the cliffs around you can see uh, are themselves kind of a deeper black coloration, almost purple in spots and very jagged with porous bits uh, throughout the, the rocky surface. As you approach the gatehouse, uh, and we will, just for all of uh, our viewers at home, we'll move over to the larger map to give people an idea of what, um, what candle keep, the scale of it, what it looks like. It's so big. <laughs> it's very big. <laughs> um, so, uh... This is Candlekeep. You can't quite see all of it, I see, because of the way or But I can scroll around here. But yes, um, in the center, there appears to be far, far off beyond the walls. You can see there is one massive tower that looms up amongst the mess of other smaller towers. Uh, and you have this gate here that you are currently approaching. Lovelace and Kadam being down here. Up ahead, you see five figures uh, currently stationed at the gate, talking amongst themselves, um, seeming to glance over at your approach, very aware of your approach heading there. Uh, and they all wear these uh, beautiful purple robes. As you get closer, uh, let's say within 15 feet or so, as you come to, to start to slow down approaching this, this gatehouse, uh, one of the figures steps forward. A short middle-aged woman with long curly brown hair, a sharp face, and sunburnt skin. Uh, she steps to you and holds a hand up and goes, oh, Good evening. Uh, do you wish to seek entrance into our wonderful candlekeep this evening? Oh, we, we do indeed, and uh, we've come prepared. Oh, good. Uh, well, let, let us see what you've brought. Oh sling off my, my pack and bend over and pull through it for a minute mm -hmm. and come out with um, a, a soft cover notebook um, that looks relatively new and clean. Um, hand that over. Okay. Relatively uh, thin. <clears throat> uh, as you hand it towards her, she... Uh, and what might this be exactly? She reaches out Grabs it. These are notes and records uh, from over a hundred births, uh, about 40 years of um, tending to various ailments and wounds within the Baldur's Gate community, 
um, as well as some uh, minor philosophical musings on uh, said subjects. And who is the author of this work? Someone whose name I haven't made up yet. Ah, yes, of course, that person. (laughs) Um. Uh, My mentor. um, uh, The uh, midwife who trained me. I see. This is quite fascinating. Uh, Please, would you you come over here and take a look at this as well? Uh, One of our medical experts here. Uh, While they take a look at that, I hope you don't mind, but we need to conduct some... uh, uh, a ritual to make sure that everything is um, proper here. Uh, are you familiar with Zone of Truth? Am I? I don't know. Are you? This is up to you. I, I've heard of it. I've never uh, seen or experienced it myself. Oh, very well. Uh, it's it, and and you as well. Uh, are you uh, willing to partake in this this uh, magical ritual? It is to make sure that you, there's no uh, nothing nefarious that either of you are bringing into our home. We would never. Oh, okay, well, surely that's what they all say. Uh, very well. I imagine they do. I would... <laughs> yes, Cecilia's tone of truth. Well then, this will go much easier easier if you uh, please just accept the magic. If you do not accept it, I will know and we'll have to redo all of this over again. Uh, And uh, she reaches down and places a hand on a uh, symbol, a holy symbol of, uh, well, it it appears to be a book, (laughs) Um, but clutching it, this bronze holy symbol on her chest, She looks at you and closes her eyes and does a somatic component with her hand uh, while uttering a phrase. Agma, may these fellow travelers speak only truths before entering our home. And you feel a wash of energy suddenly pass through you, this almost warmth and tingling sensation that runs up your spine. Um, Do you both not resist? Yeah, I choose to fail my saving throw. Okay. Correct. Same. Okay, cool. Just making sure. Um, <laughs> all right. After that, she goes... Good. This make things so much easier. Thank you for cooperating. Of course. Now. <clears throat> First, I must tell you of the orders of accordance. Before entering, we have some very simple rules that you must follow or you will be expelled from here. The rules are quite simple. No fighting, no stealing, no copying, no damaging, marking, or otherwise modifying any of the works within. Understood? When you say fighting, is it like arguing? Oh, discourse is is welcome within Candlekeep. I I mean Mm. physical... Uh, altercations. She kind of looks up at you, uh, this this centaur <laughs> looming over her. So please, and then looks at your spear and your two hand axes. <laughs> no fighting. I'll try to restrain myself. Well, let us begin with the first question. To both of you. 
Do you intend on physically assaulting any individuals within Candlekeep? No. Good. No. Good. Do you intend on stealing any books within Candlekeep? No. No more than y'all steal books from us. I mean, no. Do you have plans to copy any of the works within? Uh, no. No. Good. And finally, do you intend on defacing, damaging, or otherwise modifying anything within Candlekeep? Any of the books? No. None of the books, no. Very well. Now, for you, I must ask. As you claim, are these transcripts written by your mentor? Well, the the handwriting's mine. I kept the original because I used that for my own work. Uh, but my mentor wrote the words, Coriander Price is her name, if that's important for you. Yes, I've, I've, I've heard of them. They're uh, very respected within the Baldur's Gate community. I believe they live on the outer city. Um, oh, that's right. Okay, good, good. Uh, and uh, are you a practicing midwife yourself? Yes. Very well. And finally, uh, what is it that you seek within Candlekeep? Why have you come here? Oh, we're here from Atreus. We were told that he was going to be here for a couple of ten days and we wanted to consult with him. Oh, um... Atreus, we're not uh, actually interested in any of the books. Oh, um... Very well, uh... Well, you can certainly head in and go look for him. I have no idea who that is. There's many people who come in and out of here. Uh, uh, but if you would like, I could uh, give you a guide. One of our, our guides could probably assist you with this. That, that would be very kind. Oh, oh, good, good. Um, and she turns around uh, and leans to one of the other priests and starts whispering, uh, not whispering, but just leans to them. Um, will you go find Irony, please, and, and uh, assign him to these lovely individuals? Uh, just Just wait a moment. Certainly. Nice weather. What's your name? It? Oh, but, uh, yes. Um, it is Velma. I uh, can your, Nice and, to meet you. Oh, yes. Lovely. If you, if you don't mind just waiting. Uh, and, no, and, you, and, and you there, what, what is your name? My name's Lovelace. Uh, lovely. Um, How long have you been, uh, well, do you work just as a, a gate guard or are you a librarian? I mean, what, what, oh, what's that's, your role here, Velma? Yes, uh, no, this is, uh, I, we, we do it in shifts and I, I come here and and then you hear some feet come skipping up from behind. Oh, uh, irony! And uh, you see a young uh, tiefling teenager. Um, he looks to be maybe no more than 15 years of age. Uh, he is, and for those of you who don't, don't know what tieflings are, uh, <laughs> keep going. Uh, for those of you who don't know what tieflings are, uh, this individual, they have red, deep red-orange skin, uh, golden cat-like eyes, and long black horns that curl inwards up above their head. Uh, if any of you know what an ibex is, they appear to look very similar to an ibex's horns rising up from their forehead. Uh, as he bounds up excitedly to all of you, he flashes a broad smile which is filled with bright, sharp teeth. 
uh, he comes running up to you and says, uh, Velma, uh, I'm here. Uh, what do you need? You need a guide? Um, yes, Ione, uh, please. These two need an escort within the walls. And thank you. It was so lovely to meet you. Um, and welcome. Good to, to meet you too, Velma. Is the Zone of Truth still on? Uh, it is. I you, think you're a sniveling parasite who takes knowledge from travelers and hoards it. You say that? Place. Zone I, of Truth. I, I do apologize. She does not mean harm. I, uh, Lovelace, let's carry on, shall we? And I'm gonna grab her arm and try and tow her in. Just happily trot on in. Mm-hmm. And Irony just, like, looks at you and starts quietly walking beside you um, and approaching these large metal black gates. You can see one of them is left slightly ajar allowing entry for you to go within. Um, oops. <laughs> just realized I had my mouse on your icon, Claire, so there was a... Yeah, sorry about that. Anyways. Lovelace, behave yourself. But it's the truth. I couldn't help it. You don't have to just say whatever. You can't say in white lies. There's magic. Well, then be quiet. Hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> welcome to Candlekeep. Uh, Thank we're going you, Arnie. To... Yes. Um, and uh, yes, let us uh, step into the Court of Air. Uh, and as you walk through the Iron Gates, entering within the premises of Candlekeep, you find yourself within a massive courtyard. Um, cobblestone surrounding the area. Uh, and you, as you were walking in through the gates, you could hear the... the the low muffled roar of the waves on either side of you. But as soon as you step through these gates, uh, and that, that, that moisture in the air, the salinity, the salt filling your nostrils, as you step through the gates, the sound becomes muffled, the humidity seems to disappear, and the saltiness just vanishes as you step through the threshold into this massive courtyard of cobblestone. And entering within, you start to hear ever so faintly echoing across this cobblestone courtyard as individuals are um, making their way across uh, uh, towards other buildings off to your left. And to your right, you see a collection of towers. There is this ever-present low chanting that just is almost omnipresent that is echoing throughout this massive courtyard. At the far end, you can see more gates, these massive glowing green emerald doors that are sectioning off this portion of Candlekeep from the other towers on the other side. The, the more ornate, large, massive towers spiraling up from the other side of the gates. And yes, to your right, you have this collection of smaller towers, these round cylindrical towers, and to your left, there is other buildings, one you can clearly see there's warm light coming from the inside and smoke drifting up from a large cylindrical um, chimney in the center of it. And you can hear the faint sound of music coming from within as individuals are hurrying inside uh, to get out of the somewhat cold air as the sun is starting to go down. Uh, Irony, stepping in with you all, uh, turns to you and goes, Right, so... Uh, what do you need? 
Uh, we're looking for a man named Atreus. Atreus. Uh, he's yes. Uh, he's here studying for a while. Okay. Uh, let me let me think. Yes. Uh, Matreus. Uh, yes. He ca- he came here. Um, maybe two ten day ago. Um, uh, uh, master in um, curses. Y- yeah, that's the one. Yes. Um. Well, he's he's here. I don't know where uh, he might be, but a good place to start is we could head to the Pillars of Pedagogy um, and uh, I could check in with, with one of the stewards there. Well, d- would Certainly. you like to? Okay, very well. Uh, yeah. Okay. No time to lose. Uh, and he starts hurrying off to the right towards these uh, towers off to your right and leading you within, um, he takes you into the most central tower there, this large tower, and as you approach you can see there's some sort of a metallic dome rising off the top of it with glass uh, embedded, um, allowing light to stream in below. He opens a large wooden door uh, leading you within. And as you step inside, there is another almost shift. Um, the sound in here seems to dampen and become quiet. All sound from outside seems to disappear. And you only can make out the faint um you know, sounds of paper turning and and muffled coughs and and people mumbling to each other, but it is it's very quiet within here. And this chamber itself is a large cylindrical tower with a spiraling staircase to your left and right that goes up and up and up and running all along this staircase are thousands and thousands and thousands of books all neatly stacked in their individual shelves. You can see far above some uh, of the avowed, which are the monks that reside within Candlekeep, uh, carefully making their way up, glancing amongst the shelves, plucking a book off, and then hurrying back down. You see one monk off to your right where there is a uh, an iron door that uh, blocks off this main chamber from the stairs. And as they approach it, they pull out a small symbol and touch it to the door, and you hear a faint and the door opens. They step out, close the door, and hurry over to some other person within who is currently studying, eagerly waiting for one of their books. And this chamber itself is quite pleasant. Wood floors filled with plush armchairs and little reading nooks, and you see other doorways leading off into private studies and rooms. In the center here, there is a small desk with someone waiting behind it and irony steps up and and uh talks to a dwarf behind the um behind the counter um <laughs> uh looks at them and says <clears throat> ah yes uh torbjorn if you wouldn't mind helping me uh I, these two individuals are looking for matreus who i believe checked out a private room Ah, yes. Um, one moment, please. They turn around and pull out a book and start scrolling through it. Uh, do the two of you want to do anything, or are you going to patiently wait while they scroll through this? Well, um, I'm looking around, certainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah? That's Just taking it to stairs. Uh, you can make a perception check if you like while you're looking around. First All roll. <laughs> First roll of the whole campaign? Yeah. I always feel like it's inevitable. It's a perception check, really. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> um, perception. 
19. Wow, very, very nice. Um, yeah, I mean, you see everything that I described, um, but you do notice that, uh, as different avowed, uh, you notice that there are avowed that seem to be assigned to either individuals or groups of individuals that patiently wait, and then you see individuals will turn and ask for something, and they head over to the stairway using that um, symbol, uh, which has a crest uh, embedded on it. Um, with a 19, you can just make out uh, the crest. Like? I believe it's It's kind of um, this triangular shape with a line running over the bottom of it with another line and then almost a pie symbol uh, below that. Um, and that is engraved on this small little stone that they seem to hold and they press up to the doors to then head into the stairway to retrieve whatever books it is that they desire. Um, uh, I lean down to irony. Well, I don't know if I have to lean down or not, uh, but I lean over to our Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, do you have to know exactly what book you want and request that, or can you request like a subject? Oh, yeah. I mean, you can give like a keyword search, and then the avowed go and try to figure out exactly what it is you're looking for. But I highly recommend. Um, well, clearly, it's your first time here. But if you ever do come back, uh, most people bring a list of what they exactly are they're looking for, since. You do only have a 10-day um, to be within these walls. Um, but yes, uh, 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 you know, we are quite knowledgeable here and uh, are quite good at when you just give us a, a vague idea. Uh, it, well, sometimes, you know, sometimes people give rather strange requests. Um, but we do our best. I imagine if I just said, I want books on farming, you would have some trouble. But if I uh, said... Um... Uh, crop rotation for good health, you'd have a little bit more tr- more, more ease time more, more easeful time finding relevant topics it, yeah, Yes, yes, I, I would, I believe so yes, and, and don't don't worry, words are quite difficult, <laughs> I know I imagine you would know you would have a great deal of appreciation for that wouldn't you? Oh, uh, yes I do pride myself on uh, spending much time knowing the faces that come in and by the way, what were your names? Uh, I briefly heard, but I'm Kidon. Uh, pleasure. Irony. And you? Uh, Lovelace. Lovelace. I, we don't get many centaurs in here. In fact, I think you're the first I've ever seen. Um, uh, yeah. And I think Lovelace takes a, like, meaningful, like, look at the sheer number of stairs in here. And she's like, I imagine so. Oh. We we have other means of 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 getting up up and down if the stairs are too too difficult for you. Um, we have these arcane lifts, uh, and he he gestures over to the to the side, and you can see that there are these um, discs. You just see the seam, but there's like a disc in the floor itself with little runes engraved all throughout. Uh, well, anyways, if you if in here long enough, I'm sure you'll see someone use one uh, such device. So. Uh, yes, irony. Uh, Matreus is assigned to a private study. He's been in there for know, all day, actually. Um, anyways, um, believe it's in the uh, uh, in the southernmost tower. So if you mm, mm, probably take them there. Ah, thank you, Torbjorn. Well, shall we? Yeah. Uh, and as we're walking, um, 
Is there a place that we could put our bags, spend the night, have a meal? Oh, yes, of course, the hearth. Uh, Would you like to go there first before we seek out Matreus? Well, I just want to be able to, well, uh, Torbjorn said that Matreus had been in in here all day, and I imagine he might be wanting a meal, and I'd like to be able to offer him one. Well, that's very nice of you. Um, And I'd also like to be able to sleep tonight. Yes, no, and, and uh, you can absolutely, uh, all those that come within these walls are, are allowed to stay within the hearth for free. Um, and yes, it's a lovely place. Uh, we'd love to show you around afterwards. Maybe we can uh, swap some stories. Oh, that was lovely. Good. Okay, well, let, let us let us be off. Um, and they, uh, he leads you outside um, as the sun is now starting to set and the, the sky above you is just filled with purples, reds, and pinks. Um, and he leads you f- over to the far southern tower, opening it, stepping within once more, this quiet, much smaller now than the other main one, uh, study with other rooms leading off. And irony leads you to a door off to the side and uh, is kind of looking at all these little numbers inscribed on each of the doors. And it's like, uh, this, uh, over here, and leads you up to a door. And, um, well, um, one moment, I'm, I'm going to knock to be polite. I think you're the best. Uh, <laughs> Matreus, uh, you have guests seeking you. Do you mind if we come in? Uh, there's there's permanent silence spells uh, placed on some of these rooms. I don't think this is one of them, but um, maybe it, I, I'll just take a peek. <laughs> Looks inside. Matreus! Uh, he does not appear to be here. Um, Atreus! And he uh, walks in and kind of gestures for you to step inside. Is he hard of hearing? Oh, I've never met the man. I don't know. Matreus! And uh, stepping inside this small chamber, you, you find yourself in a, in a nice little study uh, with a table off in the far corner, um, some other uh, um, desks off to the side, and uh, the desk in the far corner has a single book just resting on it. Um, the other desks have various papers strewn throughout um, with ink uh, quills and little ink pots. Um, and the one desk with the book has other various papers strewn all over it with another little ink pot and a pen. Um, and there's not much else in this room. There's a couple of windows on this rounded stone surface. Um, but that's all you see within the room. And, uh, Irony starts scratching their chin. Well, he, uh, should be here. We would have known if he had left, uh, as you need to check these rooms out. Um, perhaps he's in the washroom. Oh, well, and he looks over and you do see there's a private little washroom to the side. The door is open and you can see the, the washroom within there is empty. Good idea, uh... Hmm. Is it possible he, uh, just decided not to check out the room, or check in the room again? Well, that someone, the, the other custodian outside, the other avowed, would have stopped him before leaving. Oh. Um, I will, I will go check with them, if you don't mind. Um, just wait here for a moment. Uh, and he quickly darts out of the room to go speak with the avowed on the outside. Um, do the two of you want to do anything? I would uh, like to look, but not touch. Okay. Uh, so just to perception see. check, yeah. 
Um, I think Lovelace will also like take a look around, specifically looking for like any signs of like a struggle or mm-hmm. scorch marks. Okay, um, you can make a uh, investigation check if you'd like. If you're like searching the the floor and the the um, unless you're standing, I guess you could do perception. Go ahead. Yeah, if you're I'd, searching, I'd rather room. perception. Yeah, <laughs> I figured. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll say this is both of you scanning the room from from the door. So go ahead. I have a gentleman's twenty. Okay. And uh, you uh, seventeen, mostly looking at books and papers, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or the book and papers. Yeah. Uh, so looking around, you do see there are a couple of papers that uh, for for you, lovely. So you notice that there are a number of papers that seem to have been pushed into the corner of the room away from that desk, um, which is odd because the room is very still in here, uh, almost as if they had been blown into that corner by wind or something. Um, and yeah, we'll say the desk, you know, it's off to your left in front of you and the papers are to your left, like in the uh, rounded corner of the room. Uh, both of you see the book itself, which is resting there. Um, and it does seem to be open to a page. Um, you can't really make out exactly what it says. Uh, Lovelace, you could probably start to see some things. Um, you see there are lots of... Probably something you wouldn't recognize. It's it's like looks like formula and, and uh, things written in the margins of this book. So not only is it a, you know, a proper book with all of the um, text within, but there's just dozens of handwritten notes all in the margins of this book. So yeah, both of you see that. No uh, marking, modifying, or uh, copying the books, hmm? Mm-hmm. I say just kind of under my breath to Lovelace. <laughs> <laughs> um, at this point, you hear footsteps behind you as uh, Irony comes in. I... He hasn't left. Uh, he's been in here all day. Um, I can see that. <laughs> it's, uh, well, it's a bit uh, is is he? A, I mean, I assume he's a magic user. Right? I gesture at the book. Oh, uh, yes, and and irony goes over and looks down at the book. Interesting, and then flips it over uh, to see the cover holding the spot on the book. And you now see the cover of the book. It has, uh, it is got this gold, uh, intricate, uh, filigree all around the edges. And it is a, a kind of faded black in coloration. But in the center, there's a large golden disc with the figure of a human, uh, appears to be a human man on the front, completely bald with uh, a kind of twirled up mustache and a pointed goatee looking downwards, eyes up towards the viewer with little red gemstones embedded in the eyes and what appears to be a red gemstone where there would be some sort of necklace or something. That's fascinating. One kind of flips it over. Oh. Um. Interesting. Now it seems. I wonder. Wild conjecture here. Is he in the book? 
that's what's... <laughs> uh, you know, that actually does happen sometimes here. <laughs> I was, I've, I've heard of such things happening. Yes, uh, but uh, I wonder... Scepter. And there's a rush of air as all the papers go spilling out off the tables into the corners of the room. And next to the desk, uh, desk, you watch as a translucent doorway appears, sparkling with this green-yellow energy. Uh, well then... Maybe not in the book. Wait, you you can enter this book? Well, no, the doorway is over there on the ground, as you see. Well, yeah, but I... So, so this book is about um, interdimensional spaces, and, and these notes in the margins here... Um, well, it, it speaks... It's, I see here it speaks of uh, a command word, which I just said, and, uh, and the door says... <laughs> What's on the other side of it? Can we see through the door? No, the door is closed, but you can certainly try to open it if you like. Well, no time like the present. <laughs> and I think Lovelace walks up and opens the door. You want to open the door? Okay. Yeah. Heck yeah, uh, I do. All right. So you walk up to it and place a hand on it. And Irony goes, uh, actually, I, I, and, and you push on it. Uh, I guess it doesn't squeak. <laughs> You push on, it's strange, you put, place your hand on it and it is this warmth that immediately touches your hand. It's not hot, but it is warm, but it is solid. Despite the fact that you, it is translucent, you can see the wall on the other side. And pushing on it, there's a weight and a heft to it. And you do actually hear, coming from the other side, almost the sound of iron hinges, very slightly. And you, pushing it open and looking within, you can see that it is a hallway with 15-foot ceilings that arch overhead. And this hallway extends out to a T intersection, which uh, there is now a continuation of more of a hallway on either side uh, that d disappears out of sight. And this is a beautiful foyer made of um, wooden walls and rich carpet and there are oil lamps burning on the, the sides of the walls, just illuminating this in a nice, warm light. And that is what you see as you push the door open. Oh, My this is goodness. some wizard stuff. Oh, well, I thought we were done walking for the day, but I guess not. Uh, Matreus? Guess we better go see if he's in there. I and I probably place, I think walks in. Okay, you're you walk into the house and you uh, your feet clomping on the um, wooden floor immediately touch the soft carpet. So it is this, and then as you step inside of this room, and Irony is sitting there really should tell someone um that's fair um i kind of want to see what's in there though well certainly uh i think it should be fine the door seems to be staying open 
Are you implying it could close? I mean... I, I mean, that if Matreus went in there, well, the, why hasn't he come out? But he, I mean, he must just be interested. Uh, he is, you know, as Lovelace just said, as Lovelace is now going into this <laughs> this room, uh, wizard stuff. Um, oh, well, that was me who said that. But, um, oh, is that uh, you? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's it's all right. I'm all, and I start sidling through the door. Uh, yes, I. Okay, I just want to see, and then love. Uh, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Irony's gonna step in with you. Mm, I think. I think. Once, like Lovelace has kind of like scoped out the situation, um, she'll turn back and say, "Like, guide, you best stay outside." Uh, Open up the door if we it closes again. Ah, we won't want actually, to disappear, would we? We'll be back in a few. We'll is, find him. That is a good idea. Uh, and that as is, he turns around to leave, the door... Oh! Stop, and it shuts close. Uh... Shit. Um, and he goes up to grab the door and pulls on it. Strong. Do you want to try try opening this door, Love Lovelace? Please? It's not gonna work, friend. Are you, are you sure? All the way through is forward. Um, I don't think it hurts to try, Lovelace. Would you give it a go? For you, Kadam. And then, thanks. Uh, I guess like go up and give it a half-hearted tug. <laughs> okay. So not even rolling an athletics check because you aren't really trying. I'll roll an athletics check, sure. Okay, roll it at disadvantage. Roll an athletics check at disadvantage as you half-heartedly try to pull on this door. Okay, that sounds perfect. Um, um. and uh, I'm going to move us all over to the new map. Uh, mm. So I do want to say something to viewers and those of you in chat. Uh, and yes. Very classic, uh, whoever <laughs> Lieutenant Crashdown is. Um, crashed down. So, to those of you watching, uh, the map, you will see tokens that are transparent, um, such as this, uh, this one here. These are actually the player tokens, but, uh, I will reveal them in a moment. These transparent tokens, uh, the players cannot see those. So, um, just keep that in mind. No spoilers, uh, please. <laughs> for our players uh but yes let me move uh both of you over to the map um if i can select kadam's token okay i did okay uh bear with me both of you as i um if, as i get this set up oh you both are in the map okay so you can you can see this now I just need to grab something really quick, and then we can continue on with the adventure. Uh, monsters. What? No, not monsters. No, uh, I was trying to grab the NPC stat block for uh, irony, and it is under monsters because, you know, That's everyone's a monster in D and D. <laughs> we are the real monsters all along. <laughs> uh, so let me let me regroup here as I make sure everything is set up. We're good to go. You've stepped out 
of Candlekeep into this strange interior space. And find yourselves in this uh, wood-lined uh, wood hallway. Lovelace, you stepping out a bit more into the hallway, you can now see to the left and right, the hallway extends outwards. Um, and there are various wooden doors that branch off of this hallway. Directly in front of you, though, there is a door that is slightly ajar. And far off to your right, at the end of the hall, you see another door that is slightly ajar with a very faint bit of light. Well, there's light coming through both doors because of the oil lamps throughout this place. But the light at the end to your right looks to be a bit more natural light. Uh, it's got that less warm, you know, more of that white light feel to it. Um, so... Both of you, what would you like to do as Irony's sitting there going, Oh, shit, uh, well, <laughs> here we are. So, what would you both like to do? Well, <laughs> uh, Scepter. Oh, yes, uh, oh. Does anything happen? Nope, it didn't seem to do anything. Uh, all right, uh, well. Try doors then. Yeah, um, I feel like this entire entire place so far has been uh, a look, don't touch kind of situation. Well, to touch let's, doors to open though. Well, yeah. that's that's fair. Um, oh um, dear, all that, and I'll 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 follow wherever Lovelace is going. Okay, cool. Lovelace, where are you going? Let's go door number one. Uh, so Lovelace will pull out um, her pike. And using kind of the butt of it, mm -hmm. just like push the door in front of her that's already kind of ajar. Yeah. Just like push it open. Okay. Um, so as your pike up against the door and you push and it slowly creaks open, it slowly reveals within uh, something. Oh, my athletics at disadvantage was uh, 17, by the way. Oh, I'm sorry. Does the door yeah. open? No, the door does not open. Oh. <laughs> oh. Astonishing. Astonishing, yes. Um, so, as the door slowly creaks open, as you're pushing the butt of the spear on it, um, you reel, reveal within a small study. The entire far wall of this room is a floor-to-ceiling bookshelf with numerous empty slots on the shelf. There are dozens of books strewn throughout the room, many of which have had their covers defaced with deep gouges. And in the center of the room, lying face down, is a man in bloody gray robes. I will uh, go over to the man in bloody gray robes. Uh, mm -hmm. Is he alive? Uh, make a medicine check. As you There's a big X in roll 20. So I'm guessing not. Oh, I haven't looked over there yet. <laughs> there, there's a great big X on the token. Are his eyes little X's? Yeah, yeah. He's like there. His tongue is sticking out with little X's on his eyes. Well, uh, 12, so... 12 total? Yeah. Uh... You immediately go in, uh, and you being medically trained, uh, I'm assuming, do you, like, check pulse, or do you hold the mirror up? What, what's your first thing that you uh, do? Oh, let's go for pulse first. Pulse. So you place a finger, uh, where the pulse would be 
nothing, and the skin is a bit cold. Um, And you can see that on the back, there are just, like, dozens of these small gouges in the back where the blood has come out and the robe is is in uh, tatters. Um, They are very much dead, even if you hold the little mirror up. There is no air coming out. There's no movement. They do not react. Uh, I turn to Ironate. Is this Matreus? Shit, shit. Yes, that is Matreus. Oh my god. Ha. Okay. Alright. Uh. It was so stupid of me. I, why was I... I just... The, the, you know, the, the, the potential glory and all that nonsense. I just uh, reading the... You know, I've been reading too many venture books these days. I just... Ah. We'll we'll figure this out. Um, I'm gonna gonna snap my fingers and cast detect detect magic. Okay. Um. Uh. Yeah. That. Let me. Hold on. Let me. Let me. Let me. Let me find some things. <laughs> There's mm-hmm. definitely stuff. Uh. Well, first off. You, what's the range on Detect Magic? Oh, it, it also, there's like a thing with passing through stone and all that, right? Oh, that's fair. Um, yeah. 10 minutes within 30 feet of me, blocked by one foot of stone, one inch of common metal, okay. within sheet of lead, or three feet of wood or dirt. Okay. So I'm probably so, getting in this room. Yeah. So you detect, uh, cast Detect Magic, and the, I mean, the first thing is the whole room faintly, faintly glows with, you know, conjuration magic. Uh, There is, everything about this place is, there's magic (laughs) suffusing this entire place. Um, (laughs) This is... So, for those of you watching at home, what I'm doing right now is I need to look at my notes for the adventure, or rather, the adventure module notes, and see what things are in here, because it's impossible for me to memorize everything that is in this place. Uh, there, There is a, a slight pulse of magic um, within the robes of Matreus, and that is it for now within this room. All right. Uh, I will. Are the robes themselves magical or like something on an inner pocket? Yes, it looks like as you look down at the robes, there appears to be something glowing from the other side of the robes tucked into some sort of pocket of um, of his robes. Well, I'll, I'll pull that out. Okay, you reach in and pull out a small figurine, maybe about six inches in, or no, I don't know, six to five inches or so, uh, pulling it out of this large pocket inside of the robes. It is a black onyx uh, figurine of this creature with leathery wings kind of curled up, a uh, long segmented tail with what looks like a scorpion stinger on the end of it, and a elongated humanoid face um, as it's just kind of hunched there, this black onyx sculpture. And there is a faint aura of conjuration magic coming off of it. Stronger than the room, because you were able to see it through the robes, but, yeah. Uh, 
Do I recognize this creature? Make a religion check for me. Oh dear. <laughs> oh dear. Eight. <laughs> Amazingly, you're not sure. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it's definitely fiendish. Um, but there are so many variety of fiends. The specifics of what kind of fiend this is is tough. I would say even even with that though, like you would at least know that this looks like it could be a lesser fiend, you know, maybe an imp, but um, but it, it could be some other type of fiend with like greater power. It's it's just the specifics are not there for you. Not quite remembering your uh, training, I guess. <laughs> well, training's almost non-existent in this area, so. Uh... Okay, then yeah, you. I would actually say you probably don't even. It looks like a a, a fiend in the most broad sense of the word. So. All right. Yeah. I'll uh, hold it up to the other two. Um, This was on him. I don't know. It's radiating conjuration magic. So, summoning or uh, bringing to some kind of sort of pseudo laugh, I guess. Uh. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I'm just going to hold on to this if you two are all right with that. Lovelace would like to examine the room more closely like mm-hmm. something killed this guy presumably still around so this, this door was closed yeah this this would be an investigation check because you are examining the finer yep, details that makes sense so totally so that's just a straight d20 yeah um 19 wow we've been rolling well tonight so far <laughs> just wait yeah. till combat Yeah. Okay, so a couple of things. Uh, Leaning down as you kind of bend your horse legs and and lean over to get a closer look at this dead man before you, uh, immediately you hear a sound off in the far right-hand corner, this faint uh, hissing sound, a... And you look over... And you can see a cat pressed up in the corner of the room, heckles up, staring at you, pupils wide, just frightened, pressed up into the corner of the room under the far desk in the corner. As you straighten up to uh, look around the rest of the room, you see on the bookshelf in front of you, there's one book that stands out uh, because all the other books have pretty simple, you know, just... Uh, things written on their spines of whatever the titles are, especially the ones on the ground and whatnot. Um, uh, actually, no, this one isn't on the bookshelf. It, it actually does seem to be on the on the ground, kind of strewn out. But it stands out to you because on the spine of it is just a single gold letter. Um, the letter I is just on the spine of this book. And you can see the cover of it, and it has the same figure of the book that you saw outside. Um, And looking to your left, 
on the desk to your left, you see that there is a uh, what appears to be a leather letter um, with blood spattered on it, uh, and written on on the top in great big bold ink, it says, "Welcome." Those are the three main things that you see. What would you like to do? Oh, everybody's everybody's excited about that cat. Yes, yeah, <laughs> the kitty. Well, is the cat? So is this like an aliens Ripley sort of situation where the cat will tell me where the bad things are? Oh, oh, I should be clear. The the, the letter it says welcome. Underneath it, there is more text. Like there, it is, you know, it is okay. written out. Uh, just the the most obvious thing is that it clearly says welcome. Anyways, yes. Is yeah. this aliens? Cat will tell you, or <laughs> yeah, yeah. So is this cat hissing at us or something else in the room? Uh, ooh, make a animal handling or survival check. Animal handling, if you please. Go for it. Two. Twenty-two. Holy crap! Uh, you're you're just getting a read on the cat, right? Getting a read on the cat and, like, trying to see what the cat is paying attention to in here. Like, is it... The cat, at us yeah, the cat else. very clearly is just hissing at you all entering the room. It just seems okay. to be... It is frightened. It is in a state of... It's, uh, like, it is seeing a predator that is clearly bigger than it, and it is in now just mm-hmm. defensive mode trying to um, stay hidden. But because you clearly spotted it, it went into yeah. that, I'm going to get then as I wanna, big I as possible. Go... And be like, hey, it's okay, kitty. I'm gonna okay, p- make it another over. make make another animal handling another check. Another one. The twenty two doesn't ride. Uh, <laughs> I okay. <laughs> also, I know that everybody wants. I'm sure everybody wants you to make friends with this cat. I want to so. make friends with this cat. This what color cat? is it? Give uh, me details yes. about this cat. Yes, I do have details about this cat. I I have plenty of details about this cat. So give me uh, a second because I have to find such details. Is it a good kitty? It is a blue-eyed, fluffy black cat. Um, and as you approach and pss, 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 going to uh, uh, very calmly approach it, it starts to and then its ears back on its head slowly start to raise, and you watch as the pupils kind of do that dilating back and forth and uh it sees um do you have anything dangly on your you know gear like like something like uh beads or or you know a, a feather coming off of an axe or something like yeah, that yeah that sounds good like <clears throat> i have like a feather or something oh no the flowers the flowers okay yeah so, like there's like a fat flower with like a seed pod or something okay so um, kind of like rattles. Yeah, yeah. So you pull you it out and start start doing this, and you tail. watch immediately as this cat just looks at it and starts to scrunch up its eyes, going like freaking out, looking at this flower. <laughs> and it leaps towards the flower and immediately rolls on its back and starts playing with the flower, uh, trying to grab at it. Do you? I mean, what do you? Are you just like pulling it away or? Yeah. Let it, yeah. And, like letting it kind of like murder the flower. Yeah, and it, it eventually it snatches it with a paw and puts it in its mouth, and it starts. <laughs> and uh, this this cat has become essentially a kitten. It's not it's not a kitten. It's a definitely a fully grown cat, but it is definitely a kitten. And everybody wants to know the name of the cat, so we'll say you do see there is a little collar <laughs> uh, uh, within the fur. Hey, buddy. 
What's your name? Uh, pulling on the collar as it it's just preoccupied with this little flower, and you look at this little bronze, you know, um, what the hell is the term for that? Tag? Tag, thank you. Uh, it says, gut weed. <laughs> that's, that's not a very nice name for such a cute little buddy. <laughs> um, yeah, so this <laughs> gut weed. <laughs> All right, then. I like it. Everybody loves Ah, oh, man, cats Is are such weed, a good addition. Would gut weed be into kind of getting scooped up and put kind of like... I've seen videos of cats hanging out on the backs of horses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you want to scoop gut weed up and... Um, yeah, I yeah. really do. So... <laughs> uh, let me see. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. You pick up gut weed and they just... Uh, kind of go limp in your arms as you pick them up and slowly reach around and put gutweed on the back of your rump and uh, your tail kind of flicks instinctively and you immediately see gutweed go (laughs) and start to get down on your back scrunching up as your tail is is now there. What do you do? I think I flick the tail again. (laughs) Gutweed leaps towards your tail uh oh no they oh, wait, I, should, I should roll i should roll in uh in uh roll 20 so that people can actually see what are the cat stats actually i do have a a little cat token here this i i feel a tpk coming yeah it's our first combat encounter y'all <laughs> this cat <laughs> um Okay, I yeah, it, it's, condition. It, it's it, it's not it's not going to hurt you by any means. I was just seeing if it could uh, if it could actually grab onto your tail or if it just darts past. Um, and I don't think it's very hard for it to grab onto your tail. It leaps out, grabs onto your tail, and kind of starts to uh, swing down on the floor, just holding onto your tail, and then starts to <laughs> climb back up onto your rump. Uh, and yeah, Matreus is watching this too, and it's like, oh, it's just, oh, it's so uh, adorable. Irony? I mean, yeah, and Matreus looks up. <laughs> oh, that's just the adorable. His eyes. <laughs> uh, you know, irony is just, oh, it's so adorable. This just feels so weird with a dead body right there. Um, it's really cute. Well, the, uh, the dead body doesn't mind. That's a good point. Um, so, uh, you have a cat on your rump. Um, uh, what, yeah, um, Kadam, what are you doing while this is happening? Uh, well, Lovelace is making friends. I'd like to take a closer look at the, uh, the gouges in the books and Matreus. Okay. Um, I imagine they match, but like how long, how deep? Uh, are they like sets of three or is it just single gouges? So this would be another medicine check. Uh, uh, to to try to ga- gauge this. Not much better. Even the dead rise. Thirteen. <laughs> uh, thirteen. Um, I mean, you can clearly see that the gouges on the books and on the back of of Matreus were done by the same thing. Um, trying to determine how many sets 
of gouges there are, like whether it was a single dagger or a set of claws. You you you're able to see that it's at least uh, appears to be in in clusters. So you suspect it probably is claws. Claws. But yeah. there's they're so numerous. It's it's impossible to determine like you know how many claws were used. So. All right. Um. Well. I I vote that we uh, keep looking real quiet, like. That book there looks like the book that brought us in. Can you... Does it also have some sort of word in it? I'll pick up the book and flip through it. Weirdly enough, all the pages are empty. All right. Um... And it's not magical? It's not, no. I'm gonna keep this too. I'm gonna put that in my bag as well. Uh oh, oh, um You what was it? You you did an investigation check, right? And you got like a nineteen or something? Yeah, it was a straight nineteen. Okay, so I think what happens is I got very distracted after yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> I know the cat. The cat really distracted things. We'll say that the the steal the dead person's book. <laughs> it is D and D. Well, temporarily, I'm borrowing with intention to return later. Who, to who? Who are you talking to? <laughs> um, Myself. <laughs> uh, They're God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we will say that. The way you notice this is that the the cat um, spots needs to spot something in the room. I think for this to like to make sense, we'll say that like um, that that little flower that was uh, on the ground it dropped it there. Um, as you turn to to uh, talk to um, Kadam, your tail kind of flicks and a little gust of of air kind of pushes it towards the big bookshelves and the cat looks leaps off towards it and lands on it um the sound causes you to look in that direction uh lovelace and you notice that there is a seam in the bookcase on the far left that goes all the way up to the ceiling around and down on the other side whereas the other cases on the other side seem to all be one continuous piece of wood and built into the wall. Um, but there is a very cleverly, uh, not actually that clever, it's, you can, it's not, it's not too hard to spot, but you do see that there is some kind of seam there in the bookcase. Let's go over and, uh, give it a little tap with the old ten-foot pole. Okay. Uh, make a perception check as you go over and start tapping on it. Mm-hmm. And yes, people people are upset that you didn't check Matreus for gold. <laughs> you uh, did search his body, though. Uh, he didn't have any gold on him. So. Nat one for a total of five. Oh my goodness! Uh, <laughs> yeah, you don't. Um, I mean, you you smack this bookcase and nothing happens. Really hoping a 
Why, why are you hitting the bookcase? It was looking at me funny. Yeah, I don't know, like, there's all sorts of crazy things happening here. It's like, you pull the book and the shelf twists and suddenly you're in, like, some kind of dungeon. I don't know, I was hoping... Ne- never mind. Let's forget that we ever looked at this bookcase. There's a seam. Do you see the seam? Oh. I, I was thinking it might like swing out or something. Well, now that you pointed out, I do. Um, no, nothing. I Never mind. Forget it. Tug on the bookcase instead of pushing it. Um, going up and trying to tug on it. The seam is is really like, like hard a, to like get your fingers on a, in there. A shelf or like the edge. Yeah, pulling on the shelf. Um, it does seem to move like it is some kind of doorway. You kind of feel it going, uh, but it is clearly there's something holding it in place, like some kind of locking mechanism. Um, but pulling on that, unless you were, did you want to do something else? Oh, well, if it's not working, I've got another idea. What's your other idea? To see if I can find a, a latch or lock or something like along the bottom or Go ahead and make Behind books. Yeah, make make one more investigation check with advantage because you know that this is here. I appreciate the advantage. Porkins, uh, eighteen. Uh, sorry, I saw my my friend respond. Uh, Hi, Porkins. Um, it just made me excited. An uh, eight. You said an eighteen. That is uh, so. Looking through, looking for some kind of, uh, you're saying you're looking for a latch of some kind? Is that what you said? Yeah, latch, lock, something like that. Down at the bottom of Big the bookcase, uh, you find in the bottom leftmost corner, um, as you're searching through these books, you, you are pulling them uh, to the side to see if there's any kind of lever or latch, and you grab the bottommost left one and try to pull on it to push it out of the way, and it sticks in place. And, and it kind of does that thing where it it jostles a touch to the right, but it feels like it wants to be pulled out. I do so. And the yeah, door- Yeah, that's the one. That's the one that I was hoping for. <laughs> and the door, and it slides inwards, uh, revealing a room on the other side. The cat immediately, and uh, kind of runs over to Lovelace and climbs up the back of the legs and jumps on the rump of Lovelace, looking over Lovelace. Uh, Actually, yeah, and then runs up onto your shoulder to kind of peer around. Uh, And let me feel this. Oops, that's that's the wrong thing to grab. Cat added to inventory. (laughs) (laughs) Um... So, you reveal a passageway on the other side, I think? Or did it not work? No, I see it. Okay, cool. Uh, whoop. I'll, I'll stick my head around the corner. Uh, so, uh, let me see. Looking around the corner, you find yourself in a plain stone hallway with stairs that descend down. Um, wooden stairs that descend down probably 15 feet or so down into darkness. Um, Let me actually see if there is light down there. Hold on. Uh, 
There is a single oil lamp flickering at the bottom of the steps, and it looks like it leads down into a stone basement. All right. Um, Shall we try it? I mean, it seems rude to go creeping through other people's secret passageways, but on the other hand, I don't want to die, and I also want to know what happened to Matreus. And this certainly seems a, you know, an option. You did say he wouldn't mind. No, I don't think he will. All right. And I think Lovelace trots forward and takes the lead again. Okay. Could, oh, let, let, let's be quiet if we can. I don't want to get scratched. Uh, also, Lovelace, I'm going to give you control of the cat. Uh, this if cat I can. is controlled by no one. Oh no, I can't give you. I can't give you control right now because I don't know how to use roll twenty. So, <laughs> so for now, you do not have control. Okay, so you step forward to the top of the stairs, hearing the wood creak uh, under you, stairs. and start. You want to head down below? Yeah, I guess just like carefully, like picking my way slowly down Pick these stairs. Um. And you, so are you both trying to be quiet as you head down? I am. Okay. Lovelace? Yeah, I guess I'll I'll follow Dom's lead here. And okay. I'll make a stealth check, sure. Yeah, both of you make stealth checks. Uh, Lovelace, make it with disadvantage uh, as you're walking down wooden steps with hooves. Unless you can convince me there's a way to do it. I mean, why would hooves be any worse? Uh, than soft, like, leather boots? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I would think they would be hard, harder and more... Like... I mean, they're like toenails, right? It's fair. It's fair. Okay, go ahead. Make a normal cell check. <laughs> I am making with it with disadvantage and got an 11. Okay. Oh. I have no armor on, so <laughs> I got a 21. Actually, you know, that's fair because you are a... I mean, you are a... Like a barbarian that has grown up out in the in the wilderness, correct? I, I've hunted things before. Yes. Okay. At least one. Yes. Uh, and Irony will follow behind. I uh, will. <laughs> Maybe this will be fun. And looks back at the dead body as you start going down the stairs. He will also try to make a stealth check. What did you get, Kadai? 11. 11. And Lovelace got a... 21. I'm super sneaky. Ooh, Matreus got a six. I'm <laughs> uh, not Matreus. Matreus I keep saying. got a six. <laughs> yeah, Matreus, stop getting up from the floor. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I already got a six. Uh, okay, let me move you all to the downstairs portion. So, uh, and I'm not. I'm not going to move the cat token. We'll just assume the cat is riding along with you. Theater of mind. Got it. Yeah, I don't want to have to keep keeping track of that. Oh, you're using Matreus's token yeah, for irony. Account. I bet that's yeah. why it's you have some trouble. Yeah, they, they they use the same stats. So, uh, so if you scroll all the way, yeah, you you got it, Lovelace, all the way to the okay. bottom. Okay, I'm just gonna keep quietly creeping forward, square by square here, until you tell me something happens. Okay, so quietly creeping forward as Kadam and uh, Irony, not so quietly, um, trying to make their way through this hall. Uh, Irony's just kind of muttering under his breath. I just, I, I don't know. Maybe, 
maybe this will be like one of those adventures where everything turns out fine and then we come out of the other end and um not being quiet at all uh you walk down this stone hall of lace and to your right you find another wooden door what, let's what open this buddy okay let me let me check some things and we are approaching nine o'clock here so this will probably be our last little reveal and then we will probably call it a night um so soon so i know it feels so soon you press on the door and slowly push it open being as quiet as you can uh revealing on the other side another stone room with work benches uh and tables stretching out before you the air has a strong stringent uh, a stringent chemical smell and you can actually see there are scorch marks um, on the ground and on some of the tables themselves. There are various vials, beakers, and flasks which hold various liquids and powders. And there are books stacked between the glassware and chemicals. Um, you can see yellow paper charts and blackboards full of complex formula covering the walls. Do I recognize... Oh, I suppose I can't see things yet. Never mind. Yeah, you, you can't see things yet. Do you want to enter Lovelace? I think Lovelace whispers it's some sort of wizard's laboratory. Right. And you can make heads or tails of it. And we'll... I guess... Yeah, I want to step inside first. I'm supposed to keep Kadong safe. Okay. So you step inside. Nothing happens as you go into this uh, abandoned, labor- abandoned laboratory. Walking in, though, you can see um, right to your left, stacked on this pile of books, uh, kind of resting against a large beaker, there is another book with that figure's face engraved on it, um, and the spine of which is kind of angled such that as you walk in, you're able to see it. And on the back of this spine, there is a gold bee raised up off the back of the spine. Another one of them books. Sure enough. Uh, Irony, do you know who this is? And I point to the engraving of the person. Oh, oh, right. I'm irony. I was, I was distracted by things. I was like... <laughs> um, yeah, uh, oh, um, sorry. Do, do I know who, who what is and, and he comes walking into the room. This this person. Oh, oh yes, the up. one you're holding. Uh, uh, yes, actually. Um, it's uh, someone I've heard about in history uh, named Mordenkainen. A very powerful, powerful uh, wizard. Uh, I don't actually know if they're even still alive. Uh, there are rumors that they've made their way out into the, uh, the outer plains, I believe. But you know. <laughs> And we're technically on a different plane right now. Like We, we walked through the, the woo door. And... I suspect so, yes. It, this, this is seeming like a... Well, like that figure there, 
Have you heard of Mordenkainen's Magnificent Mansion? No. Are we in it? Well, I mean, it's it, there's not there's not one. Um, each wizard gets they can really make it whatever they want it to be. But this is reminding me of such a place. However, um, it's odd because those are usually uh, temporary, maybe lasting twenty four hours or so. The fact that this is here, we spoke the command word and it suddenly appeared. Um, I'm getting a bit worried that this place is permanent. And, uh, you know, if <laughs> I, hopefully one of my colleagues is smart enough to come in and, you know, read the command word like we did, but, um... Do, do what we did. But I, the, the fact, the problem is, I don't know how time passes in here. Sometimes time passes strangely, and for all I know, one hour in here could only be a minute out there. Uh, and there's something in here that very clearly killed Matreus. Um, so I'm getting, I've been thinking about that. Uh, and now we're down in a, 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 a spooky dungeon. Uh, <sighs> sorry, I'm just... I didn't wake up this morning thinking this would happen. Well... That's fair, you know? I, I don't know that any of us did. Hidam, um... <sighs> how long do you think... Long ago do you think Matreus died? You looked at the body. Yeah, um... How long ago did I think Matreus died? If the body was cold... Um, I don't know terribly much about... Your medicine before. check was only, uh... Twelve? Twelve? You don't know, yeah few hours, a couple days. I'm not sure. As long as it's not, say, years. No, no. Decomposition would have set in a lot more than what we saw upstairs. I think I'm going to choose not to think about the possibility of time passing differently on different planes, and instead... I'm going to take a look around this room. Uh, yeah. So, walking through the room, uh, there's quite a number of obvious things. Um, there's all of those, you know, vials and reagents and things of that such. They could be of value, um, if, you know, if you choose to take some. Um, you could make an arcana check to try to figure out what some of them might be. Uh, 16. Hey, that's quite nice. So, maybe you've had some experience with stuff like this, being, um... Man, I'm realizing that this map... Sorry, uh, uh, the map is such that I can't scroll all the way down to see where Kadam is, slash the bottom. So, oh, oh well, it's fine. I'll figure that out for next time. But uh, I'm on the other side of that lower table there. Oh, oh no, I can... Yeah. For the audience, yes, Kadam, you can just ah. see Kadam poking up there at the bottom. But uh, perhaps you've had some experience with things like this, um, maybe with some of your colleagues. Going through. Quite possibly. Roll a d4, or d, a d8 for me. Roll a d8. Four. A uh, four. 
Picking up one of the bottles, looking inside, you can see an opaque green solution. Um, and it changes color. Uh, actually, it's pulsing with color as uh, in it, as irony is walking throughout the room. It seems to be kind of pulsing and changing with color. Um, you know this as a galling reagent. And uh, it does seem to react to the presence of infernal substance. Uh, it, re- it reacts to the presence of infernal heritage, I suppose. Uh, any species that would come from the lower planes um, or have, you know, genetic makeup that would come from there. So, yeah, as, as Irony's kind of looking around the room and, and poking around at things and he gets close to you, you watch as it starts to kind of pulse with light and go from green to then more of a cyan to back to like an orange and then back to green. I pull out the figurine of the fiend. Yeah. Does it? You hold it up next to it and it starts (laughs) pulsing with color rapidly. That's not reassuring. What's uh... You... What's that mean, Kidam? Uh... This is a, a galling reagent. Um, it reacts colorfully to uh, the presence of fiends and those with fiendish heritage. And uh, it's quite excited about this little figurine. You, What's the range on it? <clears throat> um, it seems to maybe be about 15 feet or so. So we'll say if you if you pull it out and you're holding it, you can kind of use it as a sensor if you like, um, up to 15 feet away from you. God, this is aliens. We have a motion detector now. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You also see um, at the end of the table, uh, there are two vials that uh, you would recognize. Um, they have a a uh, reddish coloration to them, pretty viscous. Um, they appear to be just basic potions of healing. Two. I will put down the galling reagent and the the onyx figurine and go over to those two. Oh, these are precious. Uh, uh, Lovelace, on the other side of the room you being closer to that side on the other table, you see that there are four clay figures that rest on the table, um, and they range from rudimentary to barely humanoid in shape to um, to a, a winged body that is very, very lifelike. It almost appears to be a real creature um, that is merely asleep. Uh, but as you get close to them, you can see they are, in fact, made of clay. Hey, can I, uh, can I borrow that? You called it a, a gall? A galling reagent. Can I borrow that for a second? Um, alright? What, what you gonna do? And I want to pick it up and bring it over to those clay figurines and do the... Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, grabbing it and kind of moving them back and forth away from these clay figurines, there is no uh, reaction. So, uh, other than the one that is coming from uh, Irony, who's standing next to you. That's good. These magical, Kidan? 
Oh, your detect magic would still be up. Uh, oh. Right? I would think because... Ten minutes. Ten minutes? Ooh. I feel like we're at least getting towards the end of it. If it's yeah, I think it would be... Okay, so it's right at the tail end of it. Um, which reminds me, I was going to try to keep track of time here. Just so that I know how long you've been in rooms and such. Uh, we'll say it's just at the tail end. And the only magic items you're detecting right now are the two potions that uh, you are holding. Everything else. And then, of course, the general ambience. But... Uh, no, it's chemical. Chemical figurines. Wait, sorry, what? So they're they're like clay figurines of like various like crudenesses, and one of them is like a little oh. winged creature. I'm sorry, I thought you were talking about the galling solution reagent. Uh, no, these aren't these aren't pinging my sensors. They are mundane. Hmm. All right then. I'm not going to touch him. That's that's fair. Uh, uh as you are, uh, I need to do something that. As you are finishing up um, in this room, Kadam or uh, Lovelace, as you're holding that that vial, you um, and and uh, what's his face? Irony will say is is walking away back towards towards um, Kadam, you know, looking over things on the table. The vial suddenly starts to pulse a bit. Um, and the, the, the galling solution even seems to move in its gelatinous form, um, almost like these little spikes, like, uh, like there are sound waves moving through it. And you notice that when, as, um, Irony moves away, you know, they seem to kind of pulse towards Irony. Yep, I knew it! I knew it! And oh, then, no. and then start to, to, to go re recede. Yep. But then it starts to activate once more, and it's pulsing towards the door that you just came came through. And that is where we are going to end tonight's <laughs> no, session. Don't! So, because oh. it is 9.08, uh, we could we could play till 9.30, but I think for this first um, for this first run for tonight, we will we'll end the session here. So, uh, cool. Yeah. So awesome. <sighs> yes. Thank you, Nathan. You're welcome. And thank you both. That was a lot of fun. Oh, geez. I just saw that when our transition plays, it looks like it slows down a lot. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's not slowing down on all your end. I'm not sure. Um, I would love to hear from the audience if uh, your stream slowed down significantly when I played that transition, because I am trying. I'm, I'm figuring all this out and learning how we go. So, anyways. But, uh, yes, thank you both so much. Thank you to everyone who watched. Uh, we had 18 viewers. 
very exciting. I'm uh, <laughs> super, yeah. super happy that you all stuck around this long to watch us play yeah. D&D. <laughs> and we have to end right as the like little auto-saving ring appears yeah. in the bottom right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh, but man, thank you all so much. We've been planning this for a very long time and have been working very hard. Olive and Claire have worked so hard. On so I drew the things. I drew yes. the frames. Yes, Olive drew all the frames. Olive created our logo, which you can see there just below my name. Um, Claire uh, set up all of our social media pages. Uh, Claire has just been such a major support in all this. Claire has brought this wonderful character that we all get to to interact with into this world. Um, same with you, Olive, bringing Lovelace here. Uh, yeah, I'm just so thrilled to be doing this. So Nathan did all of the animations and all of the transitions. You're so good. <laughs> You're so good, you. Nathan. You're amazing. Thanks. Uh, all right. Well, let's 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 <laughs> let's uh, close the stream up. We're not going to sit here and uh, do this all night. But praise one another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, thank you, everyone. Really appreciate the support. This was so fun. Uh, and I'll see if you all want to watch more. We'll be back next week at seven thirty. Um, I hope you want to watch more because I'm having a lot of fun and I want to do more with all them and see what happens. So I was not oh, expecting yeah. aliens. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to say how, but I modified this adventure pretty heavily. So, um, yeah. Okay. So okay, fun. Bye. Thank you all. And uh, here's our closing page. Um, if I can remember how the hell to do this. All right. Bye. <laughs>